0: Welcome back to The Big Sparkcast. I'm your host, Adi Sengupta, Group CEO at Common Purpose. Here at Common Purpose, we are passionate about working with people to create a more equitable and inclusive world, which means we love a purpose-driven conversation. In fact, we believe we need them, not because we need everyone to hold the same point of view, but because we need to build bridges between people who do not to foster a greater sense of social cohesion, tolerance, and collective responsibility for the issues that affect individuals and society as a whole. In this second episode of The Big Sparkcast, we wanted to dig a bit deeper into what really are purpose-driven conversations, why we need them, how to start them, and of course, how do we keep them going? Many of the everyday conversations we have are outcome driven. They're about things within our control. Conversations which, at least in theory, we are able to resolve with the people around us. Now, I hesitate to call these small conversations because when you're in them, they can feel anything but small. Sometimes they're life changing conversations. I want a pay rise. Should we move in together? Is this person the right fit for my team? Now, when we approach these conversations with the aim to find a resolution, when we end the conversation, we generally have a pretty good sense of whether or not we've been effective. At least we would know if we have been effective by observing what happens next. So if these type of conversations are outcome-driven, I asked David O'Connor, who is the Director of Learning and Innovation here at Common Purpose, what exactly are purpose-driven conversations?
1: Most of us instinctively understand what it means to have a difficult conversation. But purpose-driven conversations are ones that carry a larger degree of personal risk. Purpose is the reason we want to have the conversation in the first place. Risk is the reason we sometimes don't. Our conscious and unconscious choice to engage in or even avoid big conversations is normally because we have calibrated this risk versus the reward. Purpose-driven conversations are about issues that are much bigger than ourselves, much bigger than any one person. They can touch on subjects like social justice, personal rights, politics, public health and safety, the environment, and culture. On one level, when we engage in these conversations, we are really discussing the direction of society as a whole. And because of the weight of these subjects, we tend to avoid them because of the risks we see every day. Will I be misunderstood? Will my relationship with the other person change? Could I damage my reputation? Hurt someone's feelings? Use the wrong words? Or even shut down the opportunity to have this conversation again in the future? Traditionally, these are the types of conversations we often imagine taking place in very structured ways. Forums and town halls. However, they can take place anywhere around the dinner table by school gates or, or as we have seen, play out in social media increasingly they are taking place in offices and across organizations. We might have them with friends we've known all our lives or with strangers we've just met. We rarely expect clear and quantifiable resolutions when we are having them. We have to take a longer view to put it simply where Motivated less by the immediate outcome and more by the bigger purpose. And because of this fact, the skills that serve us well in outcome driven conversations may not be the skills that help us in deeds. Ultimately, they are conversations that need for us to take positive steps as people to bridge differences in perspectives. It's not about changing what's on the other side, nor is it about crossing the boundary right there and then. It's about creating a way to cross it more easily and more often in the future. These conversations, I think, need us to express our views openly and truthfully, but also need us to be open and willing to learn through constructive dialogue. People who do this can create and hold this vital, safe space where differences in perspectives can be explored, challenged, or developed. So
0: if that's the what, then why do we need to be having more of these type of conversations? Now, I believe there are three core reasons to why we need purpose-driven conversations. The first of which is to me the most crucial, particularly in these times, because we need a stronger discourse. I believe we are more divided as a society than we ever have been before. Polarizing views are ever-present, but are being played out in real-time across the globe in a way that is so hard to ignore. It seems far more important these days for people to build communities around what divides us rather than what brings us together. And please don't get me wrong, everyone is entitled to their own beliefs and views. We all have our unique lived experiences, but through the process, we seem to have lost our discourse our ability to approach others with curiosity and perhaps even empathy. We have lost our sense of tolerance. Anu Amidei, lawyer, performer and activist, is driving these conversations every day with individuals, groups and organisations. She explains to us why they are so important.
2: I think that these conversations are crucial. I think they're critical I don't think that they are optional, even though they make us uncomfortable. And uh, I would go as far as to say that we really should be prepared to embrace the discomfort if we are really serious about having these conversations. And the reason they are important is because they really go to the heart of the things that matter to people in our community, in our societies. If we are not prepared to have these discussions, we will miss out on really, really important and often devastating effects that are occurring to people around us that we have no idea about. Usually you don't want to discuss something because either because it's just too difficult or it's too painful or often because you're just unaware of
0: the impact of it. And yet... If we can find that courage and responsibility to have these conversations, we can collectively work towards a more cohesive society as we address the issues that we all face in the world. Daniel Ash from the Chicago Community Trust is responsible for the Building Collective Power Strategy, which aims to advance equitable, livable, and resilient neighborhoods. Daniel has these conversations in the community every day and explains more.
3: I believe such conversations allow people to see one another, to connect with one another in ways that traditional conversations don't enable. It opens the door to emotional connection. Like people, I I use this term often, people begin to see one another. And if they can see one another, I mean, see the human across the table. They open themselves up to the, a potential relationship. And so then the subject matter, whatever the topic is, the conversation becomes more purposeful because we're not talking at one another. We're not preparing a retort or a response. We're actually engaging in a in much, much more passionate and emotional way. So that's why I believe uh, conversations with purpose are key. It allows us to find one another and finding one another creates conditions for us to be in relationship with one another. And those relationships become more trustful as those conversations unfold.
0: So the second reason probably feels far more real to people as we navigate our daily lives. We don't operate in a vacuum. We're all part of social constructs, our education environment, our work environment, our social environments. In fact, our identity gets played out in very different ways, governed by many different contents. And now the lines are blurring more than ever before. We are being encouraged to bring our whole selves to work, especially as we all work from home in these kind of post-COVID times. And what we expect from our workplace has changed massively. Most organizations recognize the need to create more inclusive, purpose-driven cultures. However, the consequence is that organizations are increasingly becoming spaces where there is an expectation, even a need to facilitate open conversations about difficult issues. The year 2020 and the Black Lives Matter movement showed what can happen when organizations either embrace or try to abstain from these type of difficult purpose-driven conversations, and if badly managed, the conversations can even have negative effects. Daniel explains a bit more about this.
3: I worked at the Chicago Community Trust, and you know there are times when we like to get really academic about the work, and um, and, and that's important. You know, research scholarship is absolutely key. But sometimes, you know, um, I would I would argue that in the civic sphere, in the public space, people need to be able to celebrate and they need to be they need to understand that they they that joy and laughter and and the arts and being whimsical, all of that need is important because it keeps people connected to one another, right? You know, I think this is why the powerful thing about storytelling when people are just connecting on the most basic human levels, uh, talking about family and love and the grandchildren, the, the you know the neighbors. right? we need to we need to make sure that those things happen in both sort of large networks as well as small networks, because and this is my premise: when people feel connected, they feel safe. When it's time to deal with something that is tough, that's complex. They're able and more willing to lean in on that. I think sometimes we take ourselves we get too we get too serious. We know we get we we sometimes allow the the fringes to dominate the conversations. And and again, I understand like the urgency of, of some issues, right? But, I, but it's sometimes you need to meet people where they are. I mean, let me give you a concrete example. In the, in the wake of these sort of social unrest of the summer of 2020, you know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, there was a movement, um, and there is a movement, I should say, to support sort of conversations centered around racial healing. You know, trying to create the conditions for anti-racism work to, to sort of take root um, racial equity work to take root. And it, and too often I f- felt that we would force a conversation that people weren't yet ready to have. So I was, I was able to observe a number of events where people were brought together and, they were, going to, and they were they were in a racial healing circle, which is essentially a conversation, a conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes these conversations didn't go well. They didn't, they didn't they be, it's a tough conversation, first of all, but they didn't go well because people weren't ready to sort of jump to that, if you will, right away. Even, even with all of the noise happening in, in, in our society, and of course with the pandemic, when they're successful, what I'm observing is that people are, are given the opportunity to get to know one another. And too often, the folks who are sort of leading the the cause, if you will, want to jump right to the heavy lifting that is required to solve complex challenges. But if you take your time, particularly when you're dealing with the public, and you create context for people to, again, I'm going to use this phrase, see one another, connect with one another, and then those connections lead to trust, where people start to reveal themselves more, then you create the context for a conversation about race, racism, um, racial healing. Those conversations can unfold.
0: The third reason why we need purpose-driven conversations, because we want to. Many individuals recognize the importance of these conversations, and they feel an intuitive sense of responsibility for having them. One of the things our research showed was that when people do not feel they can engage in these conversations, for whatever reason, they experience feelings of frustration, guilt, and inertia. Yet, so many of us recognize the importance of these conversations. But as we know, for most, this do not come easily. In fact, so many of us feel the intuitive sense of responsibility around showing up and having these conversations. But when we actually sit down and start, we often fumble or even avoid them. But as Anu explains, we must persist.
2: I want to keep that conversation going because I know that there will be new things that arise and new situations and new paths that I haven't considered before that I want to do. And I want to absolutely make sure that I am intentional and create targets for real and not performative change. We have to be intentional about starting these conversations. They don't just happen. We have got to decide we are placing this on the agenda, high up the agenda, and we must have markers and reviews as to what we've discussed, how far we've gotten, who we're going to get to to continue to progress and develop and evolve these conversations. And what is the change that we are hoping to see? What does that look like? What does that look like for us when we speak to others? What do they think change should look like? Because the change that we want to see is not necessarily the change that the people that are in the situations need to see so that's why i say we've got to come at it with honesty and we've got to come at it with humility and intentionality and once we are in those spheres and we and we're operating at, on those levels i think we'll continue to be open because we always know that we're just never going to know everything and we continue to want to learn about more
0: so if we want to rebuild our shared understanding of the world our shared discourse we are going to have to do it ourselves, one conversation at a time. We need to be talking and most importantly, listening to each other. Not because we need everyone to hold the same point of view, but because we need to build bridges between people who do not agree to foster a greater sense of social cohesion, tolerance, and collective responsibility for the issues that affect individuals and society as a whole. Purpose-driven conversations are big, but that doesn't mean they are unattainable. Remember, most of us feel that innate sense of responsibility to have them. And now that we've had a chance to explore what they are and why we need them, it is time to let them play out. In each episode of The Big Sparkcast, you will get a front-row seat as I talk to people from across the globe around what matters most. We bring you big conversations that spark curiosity, give new perspectives and drive change. A special thank you to our guests, Anu Amidehi and Daniel Ash, and to all of you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and come join us on our socials at Common Purpose to keep the conversation going.